Mahomes, timing route, down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep, and throwing for Brown. He's got it at the 30, the 20, the 10, the Patriots have won! Okay, welcome back to Touchdown with Tom and Will, episode 15. We are looking back at week 14 of the NFL, looking towards week 15. We are now deep, deep into December football, Tom. Every single game is where they're going to fall in the playoffs, who's completely lost their chances, who is hanging on in the hunt. And that's kind of the story of this week's episode, isn't it? Who's just about going to still be around? Who's going to try and clinch home field? Lots of implications in this week. Well, yeah, we sort of discussed before the show that this is all there is to talk about, but only because... It's the most important thing going on at the moment. Every single game has massive playoff... Well, actually, not every single game. But the majority of games have massive playoff implications. And that is what is on every team's mind at the moment. Whereas before, it's sort of like getting through week to week. And there are obviously different sort of variants, quarterback changes maybe, other things that we can discuss that are quite interesting and exciting. Whereas now, the main thing for everyone media players and franchises alike is where are they going to fall in the playoffs and if they're going to make it yeah you say maybe not over some game but i'm just quickly look through after you said that look through the list i can only really spot two games this week maybe let's say falcons chargers and uh broncos panthers that have zero implications all the others there's a team in there that maybe they're in the playoffs but it depends where they're going to rank are they going to get home field advantage obviously the number one seed is so valuable this year because you're the only team that gets a buy and you get home field advantage. And also those teams that are still in the hunt. Obviously any team in the NFL, because it's kind of, you know, maybe excluding the Jets and the Jags, you kind of feel every team in the NFL could win a game on their day against mm-hmm. anyone pretty much. So every team in the hunt could obviously still think, if we put a three-game streak together, we can propel ourselves into the playoffs. We saw last year Tennessee, we didn't talk about for like the first half of the season and ended up in the Asian Championship game. So you never know who can put a late run in. And nearly every game this week did have some big implications we start off with who clinched a playoff berth this week. So I think we've got it down that in terms of confirming themselves into the playoffs, Kansas City, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay. No kind of shocks there. Um, and division winners, we've got Kansas City and Green Bay, haven't we? And then those other teams could still really fall anywhere within that bracket of seven. Yeah, the Saints managed to clinch a playoff position even by losing against yeah. the Eagles. And I think, yeah. For them, it's a bit of a relief. Or, as you mentioned, there's no real surprises for all those sides. I don't know. I think now they can start really focusing on what the season really is about for them. Those four teams are all thinking about a Lombardi trophy, about the playoffs. And the sort of the first 17 weeks or 14 weeks are all just like a preseason almost. In a way, for those teams, yeah. If you've got playoff, serious playoff ambitions, then yeah. Then you just want to get through there, playing all right, and you want to get to the playoffs whole almost. You want to have, and that's when you want to be peaking. You don't want to be peaking early doors like someone like the Bears were. That's actually not what you want. I heard Aaron Rodgers actually said in an interview the other day, he was like, yeah, now we're, now we're excited. Now it's starting to get interesting. This is where we want to be starting to play our best football. Everything up till now, sort of preparation for the next two months which is quite an interesting way of putting it. Like, it's not a long season anyway. A regular season is only 16 games. But now is sort of when they start really crunching down. I'll tell you what, it's when you want to be on a winning streak and not a losing streak, isn't it? Because yeah, well, yeah. a losing streak in December, it doesn't matter where you are. If I'm the Saints right now, it's not when I want to lose a game. 
You know, yeah. if I'm the um, uh, Steelers, terrible time to lose two games. Lose those two games at the start, no one remembers them at this point when you're 11-2. and two. You lose them now, everyone's thinking about the two. You yeah. know, so it's all about when you lose them. And I'm, the reason I think about the Saints is that, sure, they're currently three games ahead of the Bucks. They should be that top seed in the NFC South. But the Saints have still got to play the Vikings and the Chiefs, whereas the Bucks have only got to play the Falcons twice and the Lions. So let's say the Saints have a bad streak continues. Let's say Drew Brees isn't back for next week, and they do, in theory, lose to Chiefs and Vikings. Let's say the Bucks beat the Falcons and the Lions. Then it goes down to the last game as to who clinches that seed. And I think the Saints... Or will the Saints get it because they're head-to-head? No, I've said all that. Well, they, get it. <laughs> they beat the Bucks. They're going to get it because of that. But, but the Saints, that can still cost the Saints in terms of where they rank um, you know, further down uh, those seeds. So there's still a huge amount to play for. And I think unless you're literally the Chiefs right now, for me, um, or Green Bay, you're not totally comfortable with where you are. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be stumbling your way into the playoffs, do you? No. So the team that I thought think about last year was the New England Patriots who sort of stumbled their way to the playoffs at the end and ended up losing the first game to Tennessee. And that yeah. sort of signaled the end of the dynasty, end of Brady and Belichick together, and was really a big doom and gloom. Whereas someone like Tennessee came absolutely flying into the playoffs and managed to get to the conference championship. You want to be hitting your peaks now, and you're right. I think Kansas City, we mentioned, if, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, that I think they were playing within themselves, and I thought maybe that could be an opportunity for the Dolphins to capitalise. In the end, basically, whenever they need to turn it on, they seem to be able to do that. So yeah. they can see, yeah, they're pretty happy with where they are. And Green Bay, I mentioned Aaron Rodgers saying they're happy with how they're playing at the moment. And yeah, they're the only two teams, I think, that will be quite happy about how they're ticking going in towards the playoffs. I mean, maybe Buffalo as well with a big win over Steelers. They're hitting their form. I'd say Buffalo. Buffalo won five of the last six. The only one they lost was that incredible Hail Mary from Kyler Murray. So that one, you kind of put that up to, okay, we'll take that loss. Uh, we couldn't have done any more. They effectively won five of the last six. Another example I should just thought of, and you said that the Patriots kind of stumbled into the playoffs. The year before that, I think, the Steelers stumbled in and lost to the Jags. And again, they definitely shouldn't have lost. And the Jags then went to the AFC Championship, or comfortably beaten by the Patriots in the end. But you're right. It's all about hitting form at exactly the right time, especially when there's like, it's not like, let's say, uh, if you compare it to the Champions League, where you've got league running all the way through and you get a big gap often between the knockout rounds. Unless you've got a bye week, you're going straight from playing, let's say, the Jags in a kind of meaningless game to playing a crucial playoff game that either ends or wins your season. There's no let-up um, in terms of when the important parcel. games happen. I've got a parcel I've got to pick up. <laughs> from grab your parcel. Um, I think we might as well just... Uh, I'll, I'll cut this in the edit because I can't think of any cell spot right now. Um, it's going to be interesting enough for your, your airwaves. I don't know how rapid Tom is. Maybe I'll just keep talking like this. How, how have your weeks been? Oh, I made the semi-final of um, fantasy listeners, so we're pleased about that. A late run, a late five-game winning streak uh, that took me to nine and five. I think I was three. I was, what was I? I was four and five. Yeah, and then I won my five streak. I was telling the listeners, Tom, about my fantasy. Yeah, I was four and five, and then won five straight games, and now I'm in a big semi-final uh, against against Luke, my uh, friend from from almost birth, next door neighbour, friend since I was a couple of years old. It's a big grudge match. Uh, I don't know how yours is going, Tom. Did you? I'm uh, out now. Will you compare your grudge match with Luke and Will 
to the Browns versus Ravens on Monday night? Is that what yeah. you sort of compare uh, it to? That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, I'd, I'd put it up with that. And if it's as high scoring as that, then it will be fun for all because look at that. Ravens 47, Browns 42. Um, the Browns really bring it back in that fourth quarter, but not quite enough. And then, not that I want to talk about the, the gambling side of it at all, but you see what happened at the very end. Yeah. With the fact that it, Ravens are minus three. So if you had them, when they were winning 45-42 after the kind of game-winning field goal, you weren't going to win your bet until the Browns, in their desperate attempt to get it down the field, can see their safety uh, <laughs> to win that game by five for the Ravens. But a, a brilliant kind of divisional late December Monday night football matchup that one wasn't it Tom? Ah, oh, it was epic it was sort of billed as um, yeah one of the most exciting games coming up I think it was the first time for many years that they had two Heisman Trophy winners uh, playing Chappelle or would it have been surely we've had two Heisman Trophy quarterbacks oh yeah but there must be some other stat in that division on a Monday night yeah maybe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd that'd be a great stat well, yeah, exactly. That's a stupid stat from me. It must be in the Monday night football thing yeah. because they've obviously played each other before, Lamar and Baker. So it must be in the Monday night. Did you know that there's only ever been two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks? You mean Super Bowl winning Heisman Trophy? Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super that, Bowl. That's pretty, that's pretty mental. Yeah. And those two quarterbacks were the two that last played on Monday night football against each other. Oh, very good. <laughs> you, you've recovered that. Incredibly, Tom. <laughs> Can you name them? No, fuck. I was watching it. I was watching it, and I was just like, "Oh, that's cool." Completely. Yeah, very cool. I I be the the most niche stat guy in one of those like uh, Monday Night Football teams. Yeah, you've got the one that obviously compares their their records, and then you've always got someone that's like, "Well, last time the temperature was between fifteen and twenty degrees." And uh, Drew Brees didn't take the first snap. Uh, he won by four points. I hate to quote Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show all the time, but he said that. He was like, these guys can make a stat out of anything. And he did a very funny thing where he was like, on Monday night at 4.20pm, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it was very, very funny that basically numbers can tell lies. Yeah. There's, there's some people who believe that the numbers don't lie. Definitely, I think you can... Use stats strongly oh, yeah. and interestingly, but also they can be terribly misleading. Oh, definitely. I think another, another funny thing I thought I saw in one of the clips and interviews, Aaron Rodgers, you talked about Green Bay kind of hitting form at the right time. The Pat was like, Congratulations, ESPN have made you the second best team. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How many of the people ranking that have played against them this year? None of them. Yeah. They're like, or, or, or like played for them. So like, like, he's like, Cool. Like, unless you win the Super Bowl, no one's going to remember this season. You know, yeah. And that is true. Unless you win a Super Bowl, no one really. Oh, they, you know, they got swapped the Ace Championship game and lost at home. That's almost worse. Yeah. Than actually losing the Super Bowl. So um, I don't think he's he, he's too experienced a guy, too much of a winner. Those uh, power rankings are absolute bollocks, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Literally just for to get people commenting, to get people like. We said this last week. We said the fact that the Steers have been top for like five straight weeks just because they hadn't lost a game yet meant nothing in terms of sure they were top four team, top five team. Well, yeah, I reckon they're a top team in loads of people's books on yeah. loads of power rankings. It doesn't make any sense. By, by no metric were they actually any better than Kansas. Yeah. Other than the fact Kansas lost one big game to the Raiders at home and then went and beat them away to prove that that was kind of a one-off. Yeah. So, yeah, a, a, a mad power rankings. That's why we, get, we give you the, the, the better insight you can get from Sports Center and ESPN with those uh, 
Honestly, just cutting insights. That's all we do is just provide clear, precise insights. And none of this bullshit. As long as we forget Tom putting the Broncos to the Super Bowl and, uh, nah. and, and, and me saying three weeks ago that Houston were going to go on a run. <laughs> and the fact that the Falcons were the team to watch for you yep. that week too. Anyway, Jalen Hurts' debut deserves a mention because he debuts and beats the Saints. Now, I, I do want to say that winning your debut against the Saints in this era will always come with an asterisk for the fact that Drew Brees wasn't playing. And Taysom Hill is not, in my view, an NFL quarterback. I don't know if that sounds really harsh. I don't know if that sounds too reactionary based off this one game. But I think there's only been one game out of his four where he's looked like an NFL quarterback. And the other ones, he's took advantage of the, we- the weapons he has in the run game, the weapons he has to target, and also his own physical attributes, which can't be played down. But to me, he's not an NFL quarterback. Regardless of that, though, to win your debut game against the Saints, big win for Jalen Hurts. So where does oh, it leave yeah. Carson Wentz? But also, like... He's not playing against, we've said this before, he's not playing against Taysom Hill. He can only play against the Saints defense, can't he? Yeah, you're right, you're right. So he actually, yeah, he tore it up. He was really good. Yep. I was watching it and he was brilliant. He was, they, they use a lot of, they call it read plays. So basically the quarterback will hold it for as long as possible as the running back takes it off him or at least has it in the running back's belly almost. And the quarterback can then read the defense. So if they're falling in as if they're going to tackle the running back, he can pull it back to himself and run himself, or if he thinks they're going to try and cover him, he can just let it go, and the running back takes it through the middle. And they play those read options loads. You see Kyler Murray doing it a lot, Lamar Jackson doing it loads. Um, but he was good. He was really, really good, and he actually threw really nicely as well. And a couple of big drives, one towards the end of the half, where they got some points before the half time that they just put together. And I was very, very impressed, and it really does. Obviously, he's got a few more games to go on, but it's such a conundrum now. We spoke about it at length last week. But what, what, honestly, I don't think it's, there's no way that the Eagles win here because if he plays well and really people are like, he's better than Carson Wentz, they've just got this fat, fat contract now with Carson Wentz. And if he plays badly, then they're no better because they've got two shit quarterbacks. And if he takes him to the playoffs, and let's see, and the Eagles face the Rams in the playoffs or the Seahawks in the first playoff game because it'll be one of those good teams for the NFC West. Who do you start? Let's say, let's say Jalen Hurts in the next three games gets you a win against the Cardinals, a win against the Cowboys, and a win against Washington, or two wins in those games. And then you've got a playoff game. Who do you play? The guy you paid, what, $100 million? Or your rookie that you drafted in the second round? Yeah, well, we'd have to play Jalen Hurts, wouldn't you? Because he's the guy that got you there, surely. We think so, but you've, to, make a, to make a kind of English football comparison, you always see when the kind of sub-keeper gets their team to the semi-final of the cup, and then it's like, but why don't we just play the better guy? And it's always a conundrum <laughs> for coaches. Like, if it's about winning games, who do you want leading your game-winning drive if you've got to at the end well, of the day? That's the, qu- the question is, is Jalen Hurts actually now, is he better than Carson Wentz? You, you, yeah. you told me that Doug Peterson has won his record without Carson Wentz is 11-2, and two, yep. which is insane. So that's Nick Foles, who they obviously let go this year or last year as well. And, um, and now Jalen Hurts. It's, it's, it's mad. Yeah. It's mad. And it, and it, 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 you know, we, we love backups on this show. It's, it's pretty similar to um, down in New Orleans, winning, having that incredible, until this game, weren't they unbeaten? Yeah. With backup quarterbacks? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so it's, it, it, maybe it's also... A, 
a credit to the coaches that can achieve, that, that can train a certain way all season, that they believe their scheme. And another talented quarterback can jump in and get wins yeah. in a way that maybe another coach is so focused on purely how one quarterback plays. Um, maybe you could talk about uh, Tom Brady in, in New England. You know, no backup really ever did anything there because A, Tom Brady engaged that often, but B, like they had a whole game plan around Tom Brady's set of skills, which obviously won them Super Bowls. So you can't debate it. But yeah, maybe it shows the versatility of, of people like Doug Peterson. But yeah, it's, it's a conundrum. Like to me, I'm still starting Wentz. But if I watch Hurts over the next three weeks and he wins those three games against Cardinals, Giants and Washington, it'd be very hard. If he's won, what? That would mean he'd won four out of their seven games? <laughs> like, yeah. So that, that's a big talk. If they do get to the playoffs, it'll be like the third time in a row that like, a backup has come in and helped them get to the playoffs or helped them in the playoffs. Didn't Nick Foles? Do yeah, it? yeah. Nick Foles took over from like week 14, I think, or week 15. Nick Foles much about the same stage. Yeah, he did it twice. The Super Bowl year and the next year. Yeah. Yeah, no, he did. But also, I think, I think if they do win at least two of those games, that almost guarantees them. I mean, Washington are two games ahead of them at the moment. But obviously, that would involve one win against Washington. The Cowboys, well, actually, the Cowboys won four wins as well, but the Cowboys aren't getting more than two. It's, it's going to be tight in that division. That division's still not done. Even though Washington on a bit of a run won four straight games, it's still not decided for me because I just don't think Washington have got an offense. Well, so, yeah, they don't. They don't. And also, well, you open up another conundrum as well. If we think about... And the Saints, and it looks like more like that Drew Brees is going to leave at the end of this year. Yeah. Where does that leave you? It leaves you with Taysom Hill with a $16 million cap hit, and the Saints are already going to be $90 million. What the hell do you do about that? Over the cap limit. What do you I mean? You, you have to have enough players in your roster. You can't just cut all the high salary owners. But also, like, yeah, people are guaranteed money. So even if you cut, they so like, you can't say, so for example, Carson Wentz, you can't cut him and there'd be no money. Yeah. Cut him and you still sacrifice $32 million off your cap from that year. But you just essentially save money later on. So, yeah. like, I don't understand what the Saints are going to do because, say, Bre- well, it looks like Drew Brees is going to leave at the end of the year. That leaves you with Taysom Hill as your starting quarterback going on 31, costing you $60 million. And not, even though he is 3-1, and one, I not thought, looking I that think he said, I think the coach said that if Drew Brees leaves, he, the way he phrased it was basically saying he is leaving. Yeah. He just about dodged saying precisely that. We basically said that, that, that both Jameis and Taysom will have an equal shot at it. Yeah. Um, and to me, that you, start, you start Jameis. And I think if they don't start Jameis, enough teams will want him. He won't stay. Yeah. For me. Um, but yeah, New Orleans could uh, be in a very interesting place this off-season. It's going to be uh, a mad off-season. Like, we, um, we started off-season weekly podcast, obviously, last year. And then at times, there are, it's difficult to, like, to have massive talking points. Or, or at least before the show, we think, oh, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about today. Or there might be one thing. But then we find things to discuss. And this year, I think it's going to be even more the same. I think it's going to be like eight teams there could be without a head coach, which <laughs> is a quarter of the league. You've got people like Drew Brees leaving. Massive cap hit people like... Uh, Matt Ryan, is he going to stay? Matt Stafford, is he going to stay? Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold, is he going to stay? Obviously not a big cap guy. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Are you thinking about all those quarterback dynamics? What's going on with the Bears? Yeah. Like, he's going to really... The Patriots, who's going to be their quarterback? I think this offseason, 
We're, yeah. we're getting excited about the playoffs, but then even when they're finished, it's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure season weekly will return for sure. Before we hit our, our recaps, we briefly wanted to debate who we think the best team in the AFC North is. It's been a division that's not been massively exciting for a long time because the Bengals haven't been particularly good. Obviously, the Browns were terrible for years for those two Norton 16 seasons or Norton 16 and 1 and 15 uh, seasons and then the uh, Ravens kind of dominated last year and the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of hung around with all the backup quarterbacks now you could say very briefly the Ravens kind of on the rise we know how strong their roster is the Browns do they only beat you know bad teams uh, that's been a criticism level of them this year and the Steelers also they only beat bad teams or majority bad teams and now they're on two game losing streak for you Tom if there's a little tri-wizard tournament between these three teams <laughs> who, who wins out they all play each other twice starting now I honestly think, starting now, that the Ravens are the best team and the Browns are second. I honestly do. I think the Browns show that they're made of some stern stuff. They've got a really, obviously, great run game. Um, and Baker Mayfield is doing the right things at the right time. He had an absolutely awesome game against the Ravens, obviously in defeat. Um, and I just think the Steelers, they've lost, I think, three of their starting defensive front seven which is really, really going to affect them going forward. And their wide receivers keep dropping the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so I honestly think, and the Browns, I think, were really good on Monday night. And the Ravens obviously have that star-studded um, roster. Yeah. I think the Steelers, we talk about going into the playoffs in form. It's going to be so interesting to see how well, how much they stumble into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know what, I, you should note this down on his rare opportunity. I'll give Baker Mayfield some credit because I don't don't normally. And there were those weeks. And you go four weeks without scoring a passing touchdown. Yes, yeah, like the run game just dominated and dominated. Well, you know what? On Monday night, he threw forty-seven times for three hundred and forty-three yards and two touchdowns. So at that point, you can't level that complaint to him all the time because he's obviously really showed up and proved himself to be as much a passing quarterback as a hander offer as I kind of accused him of being earlier in the year. And actually, it was Lamar Jackson who only threw seventeen times, relying hugely on the running game of the Ravens. I think I'm with you, which sounds mad, but I think I'm with <laughs> you in that order. I still think, to be honest, if a playoff game ends up in Pittsburgh and it's Browns-Pittsburgh, I'll back Pittsburgh all the way just because of the, the faith I have in that team at home to kind of still power out a win in that scenario. Um, but, yeah, I think in current form, it'd be really hard to deny um, that Ravens and Browns battling out and Steelers slightly stumbling uh, but before we talk forever, I feel like we should move to our roundups because there's a huge amount of games we haven't even touched on. But I'm sure we'll both have things to say. So if you've got your stopwatch or a mental stopwatch. Clocks uh, at the ready. At, at the ready. Um, Take us away, William. Get mine up. So the Patriots lost 24-3 to to the Rams. This was the Rams all the way. It's the first time the Patriots lost seven games in the season since 2002. I want to say Sean McVay must have elite halftime talks. He's now 34-0 when he's leading with the Rams at halftime. Really poor from the Pats and looks like a bad season for them. The Rams are hitting form at the right time. The Vikings lost to the Bucks 14-26. This game had massive playoff implications as the Vikings now slip out courtesy of the Cardinals winning over the Giants. And they're now two wins away from Tampa who hold the other, another wildcard spot. This was effectively a six-pointer that they lost out on. Their kicker, Dan Bailey, missed 10 points which really, obviously, led to the loss. The Cowboys beat the Bengals 30-7. to It's actually the first Dallas win this season by more than the three points, which really shows how easily they could actually be 1-12 this year. 
absolute madness. Um, good win for Andy Dalton against his old team. And a cool record to have, be, to have lost. Giovanni Bernard, the uh, Cowboys running back, has won 829 carries without a fumble in this week. But an easy win for the Cowboys. The Colts won 44-27, another big playoff game. The Raiders, who are 6-3, and three, have now slipped to 7-6. and six. Their only win in the last four games was against the Jets. The Colts' run game is insane with Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor combining together. And the Raiders have now lost, as I mentioned earlier, three out of their last four as they stumble towards potential playoff berth. The Chiefs beat the Dolphins 33-27. This is a mad that The Chiefs don't need to score in the first quarter. They're 7-0 under Mahomes in games where they scored nothing in the first quarter. That's how good they are. But Trail Blades Miami, they came back from 33-10 to finish 33-27 with a great last quarter. I want to start debating who's the better tight end of all time, Travis Kelsey or Gronk, because Travis Kelsey was incredible in this game. Uh, but a big win for the Chiefs and they march on the Dolphins. Will they make the playoffs? Packers won 31-24. Not to say this was a really nice kick by, oh, I've forgotten his name, veteran kicker for the Packers. Anyway, he kicked one just to seal it at the end. Lions look like they could be quite good next year if they sort out their quarterback and coach. Packers clinching the NFC North and Aaron Rodgers solidifying himself, surely, as MVP elect. The Titans beat the Jaguars 31-10. This was all about two-star running backs. Sure, Derek Henry, he rushed for 200 yards and two touchdowns for the fourth time in his career. He could possibly hit 2,000 yards this season. He's about 403 games. But I want to shout out James Robinson, the undrafted rookie running back who's now hit 1,300, really on track to actually break the record for rookie running back yards. Love that from an undrafted rookie. Washington won 23-15. This is one that I picked correctly. Two defensive touchdowns for Washington. One of them by their absolute beast, number two overall pick, Chase Young. They have now won more games than 13 other teams in the NFL. The only sad point was that Aaron Smith went off injured with a calf injury and hasn't trained yet this week. In a majorly uh, irrelevant game, the Bears beat the Texans 36-7. Sorry, how often does Mitch Trubisky have a higher passer rating than Mahomes and Watson in a week. Can't be very often. There were seven Chicago sacks that basically won this game for the Bears. Incredible defense. Uh, I want to say that the Bears have scored 24 points in five out of Mitch Trubisky's six starts. They've only done it, they haven't done it once in all of Foles' starts. Is there a bit of a, uh, we'll talk about it after, basically. <laughs> the Falcons lost to the Chargers. Another irrelevant game. Two game, two teams, sorry, who have been knocked out of playoff contention. Um, yeah, that was that. The Chargers finally win a close game. Still a problem for their coaching staff, especially on special teams. There was an absolute shambolic play that I will speak about in the halftime show. The Cardinals wiped the floor with the Giants 26-7, but it was really more dominant than that. I think the Giants only ran four plays in Arizona territory. So other than that, they had to punt it every single time. The Giants are 5-35 and and down at halftime. They really are lacking leadership. And this is all about Hassan Reddick, basically. Five sacks, three forced fumbles, unbelievable defensive game from him. As we mentioned earlier, the Eagles won 24-21 against the Saints, with Jalen Hurts leading the way. Had Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback, had his limitations exposed. It was all about the run game for the Eagles, with Sanders and Jalen Hurts both rushing for over 100 yards. The Broncos beat the Pampers in a great game, 32-24. <laughs> but Drew Lott, baby, four passing touchdowns, career high from him. 
but also our guy from the UK, Effie Obada, who cut earlier in the season, come back onto the roster and got a defensive touchdown. So please for that. I'm just happy for them too, to be honest. Pampers have slightly lost seven straight that we haven't really covered. Pretty poor from them after a really encouraging start from them. Um, but yeah, both these teams are out, but a good win for the Broncos. The Bills beat the Steelers. Steelers' second loss in a row and the first home win for Buffalo against Pittsburgh in 21 years. We have called the Bills from the start. And I really want to... We mentioned cutting insight. This is one that we've got right. And they really are coming to form at the right time with a big win over the Steelers. 26-15. And finally, as we mentioned, the Ravens beat the Browns 47-42. The Ravens' run game was unbelievable. Between Jackson, Dobbins and Edwards, they combined for 226 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Those three. Lamar even had to throw 17 times to win this game. The Ravens is out the first half. The Browns came back in the fourth quarter, as I said, but couldn't quite win it in the end. Huge must-win game for the Ravens that they managed to win. Now, that was rapid, and there were so many things where I was like, oh, I'm on 23, 24 seconds <laughs> already. What I was trying to say, which one I really failed to, to, to get the mouth out, get the sentence out, was that Bears stat where they've scored. If you think about, when we talked about, you know, does the offense, does, does a quarterback win a game? Or does a quarterback have a job of scoring X number of points and then the defense have to also do their job? If Mitch Trubisky has scored 24 points when he's been quarterback in five of his six starts, but Foles never hit 24, has Mitch been really hardly done by him? Well, I think so. I think it's the, also a bit of a curse that they traded for Nick Foles and are paying yeah. him a lot, a lot fair, a fair bit. So they obviously picked up the big contract he got from Jacksonville that they felt like they had to put him in. They put him in when they had a winning record. They changed their yeah. when they had a winning record. I think they were three and one when they put in Nick Foles. And so I think, yeah, Mitch Trubitsky, there's a lot of criticism for him. I think because a lot of it because he's compared all the time to Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, who are obviously taken later in the same draft class. But yeah. as you, you rightly say, he's doing a job for them. He got them to the playoffs two years ago when we started the show. Um, and it, it, this is, that's a really big stat. The fact that they've scored twenty-four plus points in five out of their first out the sorry five out of the six starts this year, and their their defense is good. So that's always been their strength. I just feel like if he was a late first round pick, which is where some people would put him, or at least obviously later than Sean Watson, Bachelor Mahomes, he wouldn't have half the criticism. And when you yeah. take that away, which okay, obviously, but that's not criticism. That's not his fault. He didn't ask to be picked first. He didn't, like, it wasn't his fault he got picked then. You can blame that on the whole organisation. Sure, they should have picked Mahomes and Watson. And that's even easier to say now than it was at the time. I don't think there was even, obviously there wasn't as much criticism at the time as there is now for that pick. It was a surprise, but not as much as there is now. But, like, that's not Mitch's fault. Like, Mitch has done his job reasonably well for the Bears. A winning record this whole time there, which lots of quarterbacks that are seen as more established than him haven't achieved. I think he's had a bit of a hard time. I don't talk about the Bears too much, but... Yeah, <laughs> had a bit of a, a, a hard time. The other fact I, really, I thought you'd want to talk about was big shout out James Robinson because, yeah. like, undrafted rookie really fits into your running back narrative that you don't need to draft one yeah. first round. Uh, what, what unbelievable season he's having. Sure, I mean, he gets a lot of the ball because they haven't really got any quarterbacks, but still, it's impressive. Well, so I don't actually think I've voiced this theory too loudly on the show. I think it's been more one that me and you have had outside of podcast time. My theory is I don't think you need to... Firstly, I do not think... I think you shouldn't ever pay your running back ridiculous money. 
So my, my point is that Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is the biggest waste of money at the Cowboys and a real problem for them if they're thinking about cap and stuff because they're paying him the most they pay, the most well-paid running back before Christian McCaffrey got his contract. And he's essentially been really poor. You look at Le'Veon Bell. I think the Steelers were right not to pay him. He's shown he's not an, an absolute game changer when he went to, um, to the Jets. And at the same time, they've managed to do an all right job with James O'Connor. And I also don't think that you need to take one in the first round because, as James Robinson has proved, you can actually pick them up all over the place. Philip Lindsay was in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year when he was undrafted and then came into the Broncos' run game and was superb. I honestly think that you can get really good value running backs later on in the draft or in free agency or even undrafted, as James Robinson is proving, for a really shit team yeah. with no offensive line to yeah. manage to get 1,300 yards. He's the quickest ever rookie to 1,000 yards. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, he's pretty much on track to break that. I might have put it in my, my previews. Yeah, he only needs 280 rushing yards in three games to break the rookie record. And obviously, he still has to average 90. He's got some big games, but he's fully on track for that. And even if he doesn't, that's the rookie record, not the undrafted rookie record. That's the rookie record. That's top elite uh, running backs that have uh, achieved those kind of numbers. So incredible so, uh, from him. So, my, so back to the point about running backs, I'm not saying that you don't need to pay your running backs because obviously having a, um, having a Derek Henry can be an absolute weapon. But if you compare his contract to Ezekiel Elliott, so Derek Henry's contract is four years, $50 million. So a lot, obviously. But that, the Ezekiel Elliott's going to get $50 million for just two years. And then an additional $40 million over the next four. So you're paying, a, I mean, Zeke did so, did so well in his rookie year, but essentially a less productive running back, substantially more. So you don't have to break the bank by paying your running back. And you also shouldn't really look to pick them up too high in the draft. The point that you made, Will, was Leonard Fournette, who was taken four overall when Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes were still there. Was yeah. that a worse pick? Then Trubisky at two. I said yes yeah. because if the Bears genuinely thought that Trubisky could be a franchise quarterback, and the draft is almost it's so hard to predict who's going to be a star. Okay, if we mentioned that only two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks have ever won the Super Bowl, the amount of Heisman Trophy winners that would would have gone number one overall would be massive. Yeah. So the Bears did think they get a franchise quarterback with Trubisky. They have to go for him. But with the fourth pick, you can pick up so much better value than a running back, in my opinion. No, no, I completely agree. Um, so shout out undrafted rookie James Robinson for proving that point very, very well for us. There's another point I really wanted to make uh, more of a note. Oh, yeah, that point I would surprise you. Dallas's first win. Yeah. Three points, which means they're only field goals in our three games and being one and 12. Yeah. Like, just not, I don't have any more to say than that, but just pretty mad. <laughs> that Dallas have uh, scraped the four wins effectively by beating three teams by three points and then uh, a completely beat up Bengals and no Joe Burrow um, another stat I didn't quite get in that I wanted to mention was the I don't know if you can see it on the list but if you can't see it on the list if you could name the last Rams quarterback uh, to score a rushing touchdown in two straight games I honestly wouldn't know well, well, all I love about the stat was it's Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> 2005 
just to show the longevity of that man's career. Yeah. Uh, and teams I didn't even know he ever played for. Uh, pretty cool. I don't know if you want to talk about, Tom. The only uh, thing I said that I'd talk about was um, I've been very critical of the Chargers coaching situation with such a quality. Uh, I think roster in general, they haven't been able to deliver nearly as well as they'd have hoped to this year. And it was sort of epitomized. We mentioned last week that on five occasions, they had the wrong number of players on the field for a special teams play. And so Anthony Lynn, head coach this week, took over special teams responsibilities. And on the first, it was, ah, a fucking shambles. There was the first attempt they could have had for a field goal just at the end of the first half. They were running out of time. They didn't have any timeouts. They ran a run play, which, as we mentioned last week, doesn't stop the clock. Half the special teams team were running on. Half the offense were running off. Justin Herbert was sort of jogging off. Um, and then they basically ran out of time to take the kick. Flags were flying everywhere. There was about 20 uh, Chargers players on the pitch at one time. It was an absolute shambles. And it really did highlight for me the coaching inefficiencies, deficiencies yeah. at the Chargers. Will Anthony Lynn keep his job next year? I don't know. But I really hope next year they sort it out for Justin Herbert's sake and for the Chargers fans. Of which I think we are. Some yeah, we kind of are. I mean, I've, got to, I've got to start here that since the start of last season, by record, the Chargers are the fifth worst team in football after yeah. only Detroit, New York Jets, Jacksonville and the Bengals. And they're just not. Like, yeah. look at their roster. I'm going to say another point that I would have in my preview, but they're, the Chargers are three and seven in one possession games, and that's literally the story. Like, if they'd won, like, let's say they'd won five of those games, out of the seven they've lost of those one possession games, they win five this year, they're up to like nine wins. And they were, or three this year, they're up to like six, seven wins. It's just like those tight scenarios, and they couldn't get another tight loss in this game because I think I messaged you saying, Herbert, no. Yeah. And then I messaged you saying, Herbert, yes, about three minutes later. Because effectively, with about a minute and a half to go, Herbert throws an interception where they've got the ball, all they've got to do is drive down the field and, and score a field goal. He throws an interception, but hilariously, and the Falcons manage to throw an interception on the next play, which gives it back to Herbert, who then manages to throw a 20-yard pass to get the charge in field goal range, and they just about managed to finish it. But yeah, a, a ridiculous finish to that game. Um, but they nearly, again, they nearly coughed up another one. They were nearly three, two and eight in yeah. one possession games, which is a terrible record. So I completely agree, and we said this for weeks now, that we kind of hope that they do move on the coaching staff um, because they just deserve better um, with the roster and future quarterback they have uh, in LA. Um, any other major points from that? You back the Giants against the Cardinals. That didn't go, go massively uh, well. It didn't. It was, it was a dominant display by the Cardinals' defence. So to be fair, we've been on. It's quite funny that I've been on. We basically didn't take the teams that we've been backing all year. No, we said this last week. We completely uh, reversed. Yeah, and it really backfired on me massively. Yeah. Like, I, I've almost to my death taken the Cardinals, Broncos, and gone against the Falcons. And this year I took the Panthers playing the Broncos, the Giants playing the Cardinals, and I took the Falcons. And yeah. it completely fucked me over. To change strategy when you're up eight and four is an oh. interesting, interesting cool way. I was kind of loving the way that was falling. I'm stumbling to the playoffs, Will. I'm stumbling. Yeah, well, I like, I like the way the Cardinals, I think both times they've, they've lost three straight, they've come back with a big win, um, which, which kind of proves that they've got a mentality not to kind of go down like they may have done. Uh, you, we're missing a game here. We're missing a game because I also fucking 
We both betted on the Jets. Oh, did I accidentally not put the Jets? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fuck. So the Jets lost by what? 30 points to seven? Yeah. I I I didn't want to talk about this. Me and Tom have spent 13 weeks slamming everything about the Jets. Their players, their coaching staff, their recruitment, their GM, their, their defensive coordinator. And then for some reason, we saw them playing Seattle. Seattle, after a loss, for all, all, that's definitely back Jets to beat the spread, which was about 15. So we backed the Jets to win by two touchdowns, although not to lose by more than two touchdowns. They lost 40 to three. Yeah. Like, our bet was gone in the first quarter. Like, what, the, what the fuck were we thinking? Honestly. You went, you went something like, we both missed our acker by one game and it was... On both occasions, it was the Jets who let us down. Yeah, yeah, both both that, and then my my touchdown scoring one, Aaron Jones didn't score. But yeah, the uh, the handicap one, it was just the Jets. But to think that the team that we relied on to pull us through was the Jets was just ludicrous. So sorry, yeah, Seahawks forty to three, insert number of touchdowns, Russell Wilson, uh, insert number. You're pulled in like the first minute of the third quarter, like. Well, yeah, because they were up, in the second half. They were up twenty-four-three uh, at halftime, and then they scored fourteen in the third quarter. Geno Smith came in uh, four or five. Uh, uh, yeah, Wilson threw four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, the Jets. Sam Darnold was fourteen of twenty-six, so just about over fifty percent completion. No touchdowns, no interceptions. We didn't have the ball. Stats. We just didn't have the ball uh, in any of this game. Uh, pretty shocking. Oh, there was one really sexy interception uh, for Marcus May that the Jets decided that's what they would show. So, like, there's been, like, four posts on social media <laughs> of this interception, forgetting the fact we only conceded 40. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the Jets really, really, not pushing because teams don't push, but really looking likely uh, to get that Trevor Lawrence uh, number one pick. And you see, Sam Darnold came out this week saying he wants to play for the Jets for the rest of his life. This is a quote. So I want to pay for the Jets for the rest of my life, but it's not up to me, which is a sad thing. Um, it's not. It's, it's not, sadly. And through, I also say through no fault of his own, because it's not through no fault of his own, but also... I just hope we see him be amazing somewhere else. Yeah. But what, what I'm trying to say is, I think even if Sam Darnold had been 50% better, their lack of a defence would have still cost them a lot of games. Yeah. And, and I would also say, that unless I'm about 16 in the league, any of the other teams, if they somehow frequently got a chance to draft Trevor Lawrence, maybe because they traded a pick or somehow would be taking him. Like no one would be passing up Trevor Lawrence in any situation. So Sam Darnold uh, can't blame him. Hopefully he goes somewhere uh, and succeeds uh, if he's not the Jets next year, which takes us to halftime. Uh, and halftime is all about the playoffs because, you know, we did our weeks of talking about you know, friends on TV and Audi beers. But now the shit's got serious. Uh, <laughs> and I think we've got about the playoffs. And the playoffs are more, more, more tight, tighter, I'd say, in the NFC than the AFC. Because as the NFL supercomputer, you know, spits out, only the Dolphins and the Raiders outside the playoffs currently still have a chance of getting in in the AFC. Whereas because of the NFC East, in the NFC, the Bears, Giants, Vikings, Eagles... 49ers all still could sneak into the playoffs. Uh, but that number one seed is what they all really want. And Chiefs Packers look like they're playing on to that, as I see it, Tom. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I said last week that the Saints would storm to the number one, the number one seed, and then batted against them. So I don't know where the fuck yeah. went with that, honestly. Um, you look at the teams that are in contention for the NFC, though, and you're like, do, do any of them really deserve to be there? Right. Bears, Giants, Vikings, Eagles, 49ers. I would say potentially the exception of the Vikings, but they haven't been consistent enough for me to really like, be worthy of a playoff spot. Not the back of this year. I think, I think the only way you could say they deserve it is if the system was different and you could say they deserve it possibly over Washington. But other than that, I look at Packers, Saints, Rams. Rams had a really strong end to the season. Started off a little bit slow, but have looked very, very good recently. And then Seahawks, Bucks, Cardinals, also you'd say they're pretty deserving. Yeah. Uh, I think if it stayed like this in both divisions, I'd actually be pretty happy. So currently the NFC would wrap up. These are the seeds as it stands, one to seven. So NFC, Packers, Saints, Rams, Washington as division winners, followed by Seahawks, Bucks, Cardinals. And then AFC, we've got Chiefs, Steelers, Bills, Titans, followed by Colts, Browns, Ravens. Dolphins, I don't think would feel hard done by for not making it this year because they've still achieved so much more than they may have at some point hoped to. And their defense has kind of got them there. They're not a complete package yet. It's Tua's first year. He's done well. You know, then he, I think he threw his first interception, but he gone five games about, which is some sort of record um, for a rookie. So I think both of them are about right as it stands. Yeah. I think so you, this, the supercomputer reckons the Dolphins had a 45% chance of still making it, which is massive, really. Yeah. Um, so that'll be really interesting the next few weeks. They've got a big game this week in division against the Patriots at home. And we'll just have to see how everyone else gets on in the AFC. Browns have got, from memory, Browns got a tight run in. Yeah, I think it's because of the Browns and Ravens having a tight run in that that's the reason. Oh no, Ravens have a piss easy run in. Ravens are about to face Jaguars, Giants, Bengals. <laughs> the Ravens have got a lovely little finish to the season, whereas the Browns, they've got to come up against the, just loading on my, my screen now, they've got to play, oh, they've got to play Giants, Jets, Steelers. So basically it's because of the Steelers game. Yeah. I think that keeps the, the Ravens and Miami in it. And Miami um, have got probably a pretty easy finish given their um, division, at least. Uh, I don't think they've got to play, or they've got to finish with the Bills, but they've got Patriots and Raiders first. So, yeah, those teams are definitely still involved. The Raiders cost themselves their chances. I mean, yeah, this would be the Raiders could have made the playoffs this year, um, and they've only got themselves to blame how bad their defense has been recently. Um, and Vikings as well. I say, like, like you started with, the Vikings are the biggest disappointment based on their roster that they haven't challenged more uh, in the NFC, especially given you know how weak one of the divisions is. But then the NFC West is just so dominant with three teams in there. Um, that is huge. Also, there could be eight. There still could be eight. <laughs> like, if there's some sort, of, isn't it? What was the rule? If there's a, if COVID disrupts too much, I thought, well, do you know what has to happen, Tom? Something has to happen. And they might just. I think it's the amount of games that would get postponed or cancelled, isn't it? I think the, the, the first safety measure is they have a week 18. So normally there's, a, there's a, like a bye week before the first round of the playoffs um, or like a rest week. But they would just go into then and play, which no one really wants. I think, well, I think people would rather that than eight playoff teams. Um, but yeah, there is obviously a chance yeah. that we could have eight more playoff teams. Eight more playoff teams? Eight total playoff teams. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, but you both think we don't really want... No, we don't really want that. We don't really want that. <laughs>
Hello? Hello? Tom's gone a little bit. I think he's gone a bit. Can you hear fuzzy me? on your recording there. Uh, he's it always happens right at the end. Will is pulling some horrendous faces. And he's dropped me a message. We're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. It always happens at the end. Oh! We're going to power through this one. Uh, yeah, we're powering through this one. We're back. I think we're back. It's basically cool. an indication that we've been talking way too much. It does. It's Zoom telling us. Hurry the hey, look, we've given things on the stolen of someone. But really, we don't want you to have them. So what we're going to do is sabotage you once you get past <laughs> that 45-minute mark. That's what it feels like. Um, anyway, yeah, we don't want more playoff teams. We think it's about right at the moment. But yeah, the Bears, the Giants, the Vikings could all definitely still uh, move in. We talked about the Eagles' schedule, having to play the Giants and Washington. They could still sneak in if they win those games. Uh, and the Dolphins are definitely still in the hunt. But the Raiders, I think, have lost their chances um, by losing all those games in the last few weeks. I think, to me, that puts us on to predictions that's um, a nice little segment that's week. a nice that's a nice linkage yeah because as i was about to say the Raiders lost their chances the only way they could they could make it is they've got to win out effectively um and they need someone like the browns or the colts to completely fall apart uh they go to the Chargers, obviously up winning last week i put here that the Raiders' defense is a bit of a mess uh, they conceded nearly 38 points a game since week 11 that includes a stretch of kind of five games where they played the Jets. As I said before, the Chargers are not the fifth world in football over the last two years, but they've really disappointed us. That's why I want them to change their coach. In terms of predicting the game, because we should really do that, given it's not got much relevance. Uh, Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers. Wow. Raiders are nothing. Nothing. I'll take Chargers. That's very interesting. Raiders with everything to play for. Very interesting. I mean, I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders, but... I'd rather see a Chargers win. I'm a really big fan of Justin Herbert. I love their uniforms. Uh, <laughs> I also, I said this to Andrew, I hate how the NFL call kits uniforms and they shorten it to unis. So they really like their alternative uni. I really hate mm. that. I really hate that. It grinds my gears. Anywho, the next game that I'm going to have a look at is the Patriots-Dolphins. We mentioned how big the Dolphins sort of run up or uh, what, what are we calling these last three games? Run in? A run in. Yeah. Big, big run in for the Dolphins. And it starts with this envision game against the Patriots. I said to Will, Tua doesn't need to be superb. He just needs to do a job and then the defense and special teams can do the rest. And all he needs to do is not turn over the ball and be efficient and they work their way down the pitch. They've got good weapons in Mars Gaskin as they're running back. Gasicki, who's a superb tight end. And um, Devontae Parker, who could be one of the best wide receivers in the whole NFL. Um, I really like the Dolphins here. Patriots are completely rebuilding for next year. Not officially out of the playoff contention, but pretty much they are gone. As is Will. Is he there? He has poor internet. I'm here. I'm here. You, you froze a bit with me. There he I is. I hate Zoom podcasting. Honestly. We're remaining, uh, we officially remain in tier three now as well. Oh, true. Anywho. I think we might actually get out, out, out some outdoor stuff, you know. Put the coat <laughs> on. 
put the mic between us if it's not raining doing a garden or something because that's a louder thing as long as we're outside um <laughs> anyway wind wind could be an issue uh bills broncos out of the next game uh i thought you'd like this stat tom that josh allen and drew lock both were eight and seven in their first 15 starts and look where josh allen is now lock actually also had a better passing percentage more touchdowns less interceptions and a better passer rating in those 15 starts so who knows how high the ceiling is uh for your man drew lock <laughs> In terms of the game, uh, Bills are going to win this one comfortably. It was, it was, it, they've been playing some nice things together, you know, the Broncos, the last few games. And um, oh, it's going to be a really big decision in the off-season whether they stick with Drew Locke or try and pick up a new quarterback. I'd be really interested to see if maybe someone goes down free agency. Yeah, I am going to predict the Bills because we are both hot on the Bills. But I really like where – I really like the – I still like the Broncos next year if they can get people back from injury and sort out that quarterback position, whether it's with Drew Locke or not. 49ers-Cowboys, this is a pretty irrelevant game, despite the fact that both sides still technically have an outside chance of making the playoffs. This, this league this year has been absolutely, I feel like more than any other, absolutely ravaged the quarterbacks. Yeah. And so it's another game where we've got two backup quarterbacks starting. The, Cow- the 49ers last week, obviously playing against the 49ers. Alex Smith was there. Sorry, the 49ers played against Washington last week. Alex Smith was obviously their third choice quarterback at the start of the year. They're playing against the Cowboys today with Andy today, this week with Andy Dalton. I really am disappointed with the 49ers this year, despite the fact they obviously lost so many players. They just lost almost everybody, haven't they? Um, yeah. But still, with Carl Shanahan, and I think they've got enough to really like put together something I think they can beat the Cowboys. George Kittle's back in training, which is exciting. Unlikely to make this game. And the Cowboys continue to be extremely disappointing. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I still think the 49ers can get this win. It's obviously disappointing for a team to make the Super Bowl and then to come forth from their division. Despite, you know, it's an unbelievable division of teams. But that is still disappointing. Um, and the Cowboys let me down like no one else ever does. I was on my Jets. Uh, so, yeah, for me, 49ers are winning that one in Dallas. Uh, Panthers, Packers in Green Bay is a pretty easy call uh, for me. A-Rod has had more pass touchdowns this year than all Panthers quarterbacks combined this year and last. And that's by seven uh, he leads that one. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has not been the same uh, as he was in the first five weeks. Seven straight losses for the Panthers and this is going to be the eighth for me. Yeah, and also you can't even say that now the Packers have won their division they're going to take it any easier because they're fighting for that number one seed, aren't they? Yeah, so they're not even going to take their foot off the gas here. Now I can see a really, yeah, quite comfortable win. They say, don't they? If you get the number one seed, effectively, the Super Bowl goes through Green Bay. I mean, that really puts it into kind of perspective is that if a team is going to make the Super Bowl uh, in the NFC, they're going to have to beat the Packers in Green Bay, which is no easy feat for any team, uh, especially not the teams I look at. I look at, even like at Saints. If I look at that very quickly, I look at Saints, Rams, Washington, Seahawks, Bucks, Cardinals. Who do you give, very briefly, Tom, like, off the top of your head, the biggest chance of beating the Packers in Green Bay? Like, maybe the Rams? Yeah. Rams if they're able, if their defense is able Rams. to get... I'd say only the Rams, really. It's Rams or somehow the Bucks. Like, that's yeah. all, like somehow the Bucks. But for me, yeah, the Rams uh, have got the best chance. So, anyway, back in the Packers uh, to get that one seed and beat the Panthers at home. Seahawks-Washington. This could be an exciting game if... 
Alex Smith was playing, Dwayne Haskins, taken number 12 overall a couple of years ago, thought he was the big dog coming into Washington. He came in for Alex Smith and straight away threw an interception, which luckily for Washington was brought back for a penalty for a flag. I think the Seahawks are going to run ravage over Washington and make it very exciting to see who's going to win that division again if the Giants can manage to scrape a victory. Who are they playing? Who are they playing? Uh, the Browns. Giants are facing the Browns. Well, it's going to be all to play, Hawk, but not in this game. I think Seahawks are going to take it. Yeah, me too. It's, it's harsh because Washington have won four straight and they've beaten some good teams in the 49ers and obviously the Steelers. But yeah, for me, they still lose here to Seattle at home. Jaguars-Ravens is not a game uh, <laughs> that needs much time. Obviously, as a Jets fan, I kind of want the Jaguars to get a win just to cement that number one spot for the Jets. Because um, if the Jaguars get a win, that means the Jets can win a game towards the end, not have the 0-16 record and still get the number one seed. But regardless... The Jaguars are not a team that want to face Lamar Jackson. They've got terrible run defense. The Ravens are great against teams have got bad run defense. Uh, and I'm just, yeah, Ravens winning this one. The Bears-Vikings is a game that I won't watch but could have potential playoff implications. Because if the Vikings can't get a win, then they're effectively out. Same with the Bears. Your supercomputer, Will, has the Bears still with a 21% chance of yeah. making the playoffs, which I don't think factors in their inability to score a certain amount of points. It's just whether Dalvin Cook can get cooking. There are a few weeks this, this year where he's run an absolute rampage, and it seems like both of them was when we were playing the, his team in fantasy. Ben, Ben's team, yeah. Ben's got Dalvin Cook, yeah. So it's just to see whether the Vikings can get... I won't be watching this. It'll be on Red Zone, but I won't be worrying too much because I find both of them quite boring teams. Yeah, the Texans, Colts. I missed the game where... Who are we backing? Vikings or Bears? Oh, Bears, Bears Vikings. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of Team Mitch this week. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to back the Bears. I've, been, I've done too often I've backed someone throughout the first half hour of the show. And then it's come to the predictions. I've gone, nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I can't big him up that much. I'm Team Mitch. I'm going to go for the Bears. Texans, Colts, three weeks ago, I bigged this up as the game in which Texans would turn around the entire AFC. Uh, I was wrong. Um, so Texans Colts I think the Colts will win this one the Texans Deshaun Watson I want to say he's got the highest passer rating in the season for a quarterback with a losing record like ever um, it's so unfair on him he saves week after week um, but I think the Colts are really hitting their stride at the right time Philip Rivers is looking like prime Philip Rivers not like old Philip Rivers um, so yeah big win for the Colts I predict in this game to kind of cement their playoff chances Eagles Card- I'm going with the Colts as well Eagles Cardinals this is going to be exciting. Can Jalen Hurts repeat the feat that he did on his debut? I do not know. I really like the Cardinals' defense. We obviously mentioned how they were on an absolute rampage over the Giants. Hassan Riddick had an absolute Riddick had an absolute game, and I wonder whether that Eagles' offensive line will be able to stand up to it. The fact that um, Carson Wentz can run away certainly is an advantage. He'll be able to use his legs, maybe. Yeah, I. I'm back in the Cardinals here. They need to push for the playoffs. Like, this is a big game for the Cardinals. They need to win this at home to really put the pressure on the likes of the Bucks, the Bears, and the Vikings for that uh, wild card spot. I'm back in the Cardinals, but I do think that this new Eagles team... Actually, we can't forget how poor the Eagles have been. Carson Wentz yeah. doesn't fix all their problems. I'm comfortably back in the Cardinals here. You mean Jalen Hurts doesn't fix? Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 completely agree with you I think he, he, he doesn't cover up and you also remember 
that the there was the Saints minus Drew Brees, and I think that they, yeah, they got they did they scored some nice plays, but usually the Saints would be at six score more than twenty one points. Yeah. Um, in the same way, I think the Cardinals score more, more than twenty one points. So I'm going to back the Cardinals. Likewise, Lions, Titans, uh, Derek Henry weirdly struggles at home. He's like, had under 85 yards in five of his seven home games, but over 100 of his away games. That's not going to be relevant here. Uh, and I completely expect the Titans to win this one. Uh, I've gone back and forth this year about how good I think the Titans are. I fully now think they're a top eight NFL team because of the consistency they've shown this season. Uh, so I'm in on the Titans to win this one. You think they've been consistent? I think they've been horribly inconsistent. I think that whole division has been. I mean, every time I've doubted them, they've come through. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're consistent. <laughs> but they're nine and four. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not doubting their abilities. I'm not doubting their abilities. But those, those four defeats have been absolute blowaway defeats. And you're like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Let me uh, Those four defeats. So they lost 27 24 to the Steelers. Not that bad. Lost 41 35 to the Browns. Sure, they had a terrible first half. That was, I would accept. Terrible. They did get battered in one game by the Colts. Uh, oh, shit. They lost to the Bengals, yeah. <laughs> but they've, been, they've also beaten some, some good teams. I mean, they blew away the Bills. Okay, yeah, I guess that's inconsistency. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Browns in other games. Yeah, okay. They've got to go to the Packers. They've got to play the Packers before the end of the season. So then we'll really see if they're playoff ready. Yeah, oh, no, uh, there's no doubting. When they've, cooked, when they've got going, they're really good. They can get going. So I really like I like the Titans. I really like Derrick Henry. I think they, if you're going to play well in the playoffs, you need a good run game, and they yeah. do have that. And I mean, I'm certainly not backing them against the Lions anyway. Yeah. Chiefs Saints. This ah, oh, we just hope Drew Brees is back. Even though I think week two we were all out on Drew Brees and said he couldn't throw it over five yards. Um, yeah. But we're, we're I think we're completely out on Taysom Hill as well. I I just I love Taysom Hill when he was just a Swiss Army knife. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I hate the fact that I'm falling out of love with him because he's been asked to do stuff that I think he wants to do. He wants to be a starting quarterback, but he just doesn't have the same sort of excitement factor as when he's suddenly turning up and doing something amazing on special teams or an offense or at quarterback. And I really think the, the Chiefs, uh, oh, they're by far the best team in the NFL, by a country mile. And it is their Super Bowl to lose for me. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think... That was the thing with Taysom Hill before, was that when he came into the game, A, you never knew when he would come in, whether he'd come in on a first down, whether it was going to be a third and four, whether it was going to be a second and 17. You never knew what would bring in Taysom Hill. But then Northern opposition defense, mm. the more often than not, it worked. And it was like, why? This is amazing. They, you know, they dialed up these plays that perfectly suit him for certain circumstances, used his quite specific set of skills, uh, and the fact that you know, he can make something out of nothing. Now he's been asked to run an entire NFL offense. It's not his fault at all, but I think if he if he ends up playing uh, against the Chiefs, it could be quite a sad way for him to kind of uh, you know probably start his last ever NFL game in the way I see it. If, if he doesn't, if he plays this week, I think they'll lose. I think Drew Brees will only be back. Um, I don't think he'll start a game again. But anyway, Chiefs to win this one quite comfortably uh, against the Saints. Uh, Bucks, Falcons. The Bucks are so weird. They must. I don't know what the schedulers thought they were doing with this, but the Bucks playing two of the last three games against the Falcons. I think they'll be loving that prospect. Um, to be honest, I'm finally out on the Falcons. Uh, that's it. I'm not backing them ever again. Uh, it, the only exciting thing about it is it's a rematch of the 2016 quarterbacks, and obviously it was Matt Ryan up against the Patriots when they had Tom Brady. 
Um, the Falcons had that little three and one stretch. Now they've had a one and four stretch, and it's all gone back to being shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, effectively, effectively, Bucks will win both of these games, and they're going to beat the Lions. Uh, they'll finish with eleven wins. I think it's pretty good for a team that was completely thrown together uh, at the start of the year. Well, yeah, I think so too. The thing about the scheduling thing as well, like, didn't the Saints four of Taysom Hills? The, sorry, in the four games that Taysom Hill has started, two have been against the Falcons. Yeah, so the Falcons obviously just didn't play any divisional games for like 10 weeks. Yeah, so they've had in their last, what, like six, in their last seven games, they'll have played in division games four times. Yeah, it seems a bit mad as a way of spreading out the six divisional games. Um, yeah. Weird. Anyway, yeah. It'd be really exciting to see how the Bucks do in the playoffs. They obviously need to win these games. A loss here to the Falcons would really upset the apple cart and put some real pressure on the Bucks for the last two games, which is why I'm going to back the Falcons. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom is Huge. going Falcons again. Cool. Two weeks in a row. I, I think. I think the most desirable seed in for, in the wild card right now is the NFC fifth seed. Because the NFC fifth seed currently you face Washington. Yeah. If you're in the sixth seed, you face the Rams. <laughs> so like that's a massive difference for NET. And God forbid you fall uh, to the seventh seed, you face the Saints. So that's the seed you really want. In many ways, you kind of want the fifth seed more than you want the second seed. Because <laughs> the second seed, other than home advantage, isn't really anything. And home advantage doesn't help you that much. And the second seed currently end up playing against the Cardinals. So I think any team uh, will have fears about. So, yeah, to me, it is big for the Bucks because they've got to win more games than the Seahawks at the end of the season to guarantee that fifth spot, currently in the sixth spot. Because uh, I think the Bucks would relish playing Washington. They would not relish playing the Rams, who beat them the other day, didn't they? The Rams uh, comfortably beat the Bucks two or three weeks ago. Anyway, so that's got implications. Big from you to back the Falcons. We haven't disagreed on many things this week. Uh, in terms of predictions, Browns, Giants is where he ends. Surely your your Giants after that uh, trashing by the Cardinals, your faith in the Giants has slightly run out. And the Browns, who you bigged up for their uh, kind of gutsy performance against the Ravens despite the loss, it's a Browns win, surely, in MetLife. No, absolutely. And that will make it really, yeah. the last two weeks, be very big for the Giants. The Giants play Washington the last two weeks. The last two. Do Giants play both the last two. in the last two weeks? Uh, no. The Giants schedule till the end of the season. Uh, I can get out here. Ravens, Cowboys. Ravens, Cowboys. Yeah. That'd be if it'd be last last day. If it'd be last game of the of this regular season, Browns. Uh, sorry, Giants, Washington. That'd be fun. Anyway, there's there's definitely a scenario um, where in the next two weeks, if the Eagles win a couple. Uh, Let's say the Cowboys win one and the Giants win one. We could have like three teams on the same record to go into the last week uh, in the NFC East. Which Red Zone's going to be epic. Week 17 a bit mental. Red Zone's uh, going to be epic. In that division. It's like New Year's Eve, isn't it? Well, the day uh, the New last Year's Eve, games 30th. are. No, well, the Giants-Cowboys at least is the first. No, it'll be like the second, won't it? It'll be the second. Third. It'll be the second and the third, yeah. Um, but yeah, a lovely way to start 
start the year off. And that wraps up our predictions. I'm always scared at this point of the show that this is going to die because Zoom hates us. <laughs> um, but I think that wraps up our predictions. We are, as the show has proven, totally in playoff mode now. But that's what happens uh, with only three weeks to go. Uh, we're also in big playoff mode in fantasy, so that's exciting. Uh, hopefully, I can win that title. I did see. I was off. I sent an email saying I could buy a trophy. Oh. I could like buy a trophy to give to like the winner of our fantasy league. So I thought I'd wait at least another week to see if I make the final, and then obviously we'd all chip in, wouldn't we, Tom? Like we'd all chip in for the trophy oh, that yeah. I might. Win. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he'd happy to contribute Definitely to that. To, yeah, yeah. interesting that you're thinking about this after you've made the playoffs. No, oh, you know what? Tom? I only got the email last week. It wasn't in my control. I didn't didn't think about it. But obviously, if I was eight, I'd still be considering buying you a trophy. Uh, yeah. uh, but yeah. we'll, we'll see how that pans out. Other than that, look forward to this week. Uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you next week. Down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep, and throwing...